That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz. Hello and welcome to No Labels. I'm Mike Gawley, in for Thomas Bryan. In today's edition of No Labels, I profile this year's Cryptolit, and later I'm getting the latest developments for disabled people. But first up... Storyteller and award-winning playwright. She writes in a number of genres with disabled characters often featuring predominant... Verb Wellington Writers and Readers Festival's Mandy Hager sets the scene for the audience to the session The Problem with Fairy Tales. That's part of this year's Crypt the Lit events. Crypt the Lit's fast becoming a regular feature of Verb Wellington. Crypt the Lit founders and organisers are disabled writers Robin Hunt and Trish Harris. OK, can I start with you, Trish, first? Sure. What is Crypt the Lit all about, then? Um, it, well, it's got such a great name. People think it, it, um, it's some big organisation, but it, <laughs> it's really just two people who thought... Um, who who love writing and who are very keen on the writing in, in New Zealand to be a bit more representative um, of the stories, voices, words of uh, disabled writers. So it's on about um, supporting people who are writing in that area, who, who really work on their writing and want it to be as best it can, and who have stories to tell, whether those stories are, are fiction or in poetry or non-fiction. Um, yeah, so it, it's, a, it's a way of promoting those voices. And, and in the process of doing that, you know, you're hopefully uh, encouraging other voices to come forth. Robin, what did you think was lacking about the existing um, voices and stories that were around? Um, the images and stories that were around were often not told by us, first of all. And secondly, they were also not not our stories in the sense that they were often distortions of what people thought our stories might be. So you would get sort of things like inspiration porn or... Um, stories that kind of weren't real, they weren't authentic. When you say inspiration and porn, what kind of examples are you thinking of, Robin? Um, Well, often stories in the media in particular about people doing, disabled people doing things that are pretty much like everyone else, but because it's a disabled person doing them, then it's often made out to be something... um, special rather than something just ordinary. But also, there's also the other end of the spectrum, which is the kind of the pitiable, the poor, pathetic, disabled person. And somehow there's nothing in between that gives you the nuances of what life with disability and disability stories are really like. Trish, the theme for Cryptolit this year was um, writing resistance. In what sense were you thinking that writing could be a way to resist these um, distortions in porn? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. How do I see that? Um, uh, well, in a way, it's, it's the, the session this year, which was, like you say, writing resistance um, and to do with fairy tales, was about upending 
uh, some of what is depicted in fairy tales around disability. So is actually coming out strongly and putting a disability lens on existing stories and and maybe in the process uh, sowing seeds for new stories. So, uh, like, we had three people on the panel and they all read out uh, an extract of their own writing or some had written a piece specially for the session that 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 was related to a, st- a fairy story um, but was putting a new slant on it. So... For instance, one piece, which was by Erin Donoghue, she had gone back to the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and she had looked at, uh, she's not a minor character, but she's not in the title of that fairy tale. She'd looked at the queen, the evil queen, and she had picked up on at one point how she's referred to as being mad. And Erin has a particular interest in, in mental health because of her own experience, and it's what the area she's also written fiction in. And so she rewrote that fairy tale where, in fact, the evil queen's uh, mental health issues were acknowledged and uh, talked about, and um, she was given support with. So, and Erin and did that with a lot of humour, kind of a lot of tongue in cheek humour. But I just thought, well, that anything that provokes people to think about disability <coughs> excuse me, in a new and fresh way is resisting the dominant way of, of the way disability is portrayed. So it's kind of pushing back against that. And of course you had Al Gray who calls himself quite openly a dwarf, thinking about the seven dwarfs. Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if Robin wants to talk about what what um, Al shared, which was which was really um, again. I think the audience would have really gone away with a new view. Yes, I think that he was thinking about the traditional um, idea of the dwarfs with their with their names that that really didn't personalise them, but rather looked at a certain characteristic of them. Whereas he was looking at at um, dwarfs as real people with real families and um, and real lives, and so his take was much more a, a real take, nonetheless interesting. In fact, more interesting than the, than the sort of stereotypes as promoted by by the the, the Disneyisation, if you like, of the original fairy tale. And of course, he also looked at um, how, in order to be co- copper miners, the dwarves would have had to adapt in their environment a bit. Yes, 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 he did. Um, I thought that was um, really interesting, and I thought the way that he he wrote about them, they were very real people. One thing I also really enjoyed with what he talked about was... He talked about growing up as a dwarf and how that fairy tale was kind of in his in his head in a way, you know, like that was that was the only um, place in literature that he could see himself appear, 
and yet, as Robin said, and, and it, that you know, the characters, the seven dwarves in that fairy tale, you know, they're only named by a certain characteristic: grumpy, sleepy, bashful, all except Doc. And he also, Al also talked about how the people um, who met him and had never met a dwarf before would kind of say to him, "Oh, so you're a bit sleepy, or you're a bit grumpy, or." And it just, you know, doesn't that really highlight the huge impact how we are represented in literature has on our day-to-day lives and our view of ourselves? And so isn't that, doesn't that kind of illustrate how doubly important it is that there is a far broader uh, range of disability experiences out there in literature and how important it is that that many of them, most of them, <laughs> I don't think all of them, but many of them, most of them come from within, um, from people who know about the in- experience from the inside. Yes, it struck me that what was happening in, on that panel about problems of fairy tales was one that you were trying to dismantle the stereotypes, but also you were reimagining the fairy tales so they were more empowering for the people involved and others, but of course. But also the richer and the reality um, that, that is, is more, more portrayed in the rewriting is about uh, fairy tales and, and people's lives being richer and more nuanced and much more part of the human condition than something outside of it. It struck me how very parallel this was to a very good series on Murray television called Indian Princesses, which is doing exactly the same thing, dismantling the Disneyization of Indian Princesses. It's great. Mm. Now, and I like the reimagining bit, Mike, because I do think that's really vital, and and that's also a really exciting thing for a writer to do. You know, like you can actually have quite a bit of fun with those sort of things and and it yeah so I, I do think that's that's a really uh, important area for people who have a connection with cryptolith to to explore yes uh, i think as well as being fun it's also really liberating it gives you permission to do all um, kinds of things that that maybe people have felt constrained about previously yeah yeah so how long has Cryptolit been part of the Verb Festival? Mm, I think we did it first in, was it 2016? Yeah, yep. So this is this is the fifth year. And the other thing you were commenting, Trish, was this was the first time these sessions were actually booked and paid for with slightly more expensive tickets than has ever been before. That's right. Well... Yes, yeah, we've we were originally for would have been three years part of the lit crawl part of Verb, which was the Saturday night um, you walk round, wheel round Central Wellington and go to any you know, lots of events. They just had a whole lot of events on that evening, and then last year we uh, moved to a slot during the day. Um, and this year to a slot during the day, but in a bigger venue and ticketed and paid for um, event, which is a which is a really wonderful endorsement from Verb 
that they know there's an audience that want this. And mm-hmm. I think both for Robin and I, that's one of the really exciting things about this connection with Verb is that it's proving that there's an audience who is interested in this material. And that might be something that other festivals haven't thought would be viable. And we're proving it is. And it's not only the um, the fairy tale session that Trish and I were integrated into other sessions, which meant we we could integrate disability stories with other stories, which I think is really important. Okay, yeah, thanks, was... thanks, Robin. Thanks, Trish. Excellent. A pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, Mike. That's Griptholet co-founder and organiser Trish Harris. And with her, you heard Robin Hunt wrapping up that item. Last month, Disability Issues Minister Carmel Cepoloni and Health Minister Andrew Little announced big changes to disability policy and service delivery. Here to explain what's going to happen is DPA Chief Executive Prudence Walker. Big changes are put in the disability sector. What are they and what do you think of them? Yes, I've heard that uh, the Enabling Good Lives approach will be implemented nationwide, which is great to see. Um, it's something that's been a very long time in the making um, and we believe offers disabled people better choice and control over their support overseas, um, as well as having flow-on effects in, in all sorts of ways. Um, we've seen uh, the announcement of accessibility legislation, um, which while uh, promising, we think that a lot of work needs to be done to um, ensure that uh, uh, places can really be held accountable for for that and that there's real teeth to that legislation. Um, and of course, the other thing is that we have seen the announcement on, of a ministry for disabled people, um, which of course is um, very exciting uh, because we haven't had that before um, and is recognition uh, of uh, our needs. Uh, and the the issues that we face um, and we hope that we'll um, really be able to see some disabled leadership in that um, because we believe that it's it's vital that disabled people are um, you know at the at the forefront of that new ministry when it comes to the disability ministry or we want to call it how critical is it that we are at the table when that is being finalised and drafted? Absolutely critical. I mean, in fact, it, it's not about being at the table. It's we need a leader, um, I believe, um, and DPA believes, um, because I don't, I don't think that um, we can, it can really meet our needs uh, as disabled people or population group uh, if, if we're not the ones leading it. And at every level. Now, the other thing I understand is there's going to be some big changes around the access legislation and accessibility across across society. Yeah, yeah. So, what's happening there? Um, so, I mean, it's it's uh, yet to be seen. You know, it has to go through a process, and there has to be a select committee process and everything. Um, but obviously, that's been developed with the intention that. Um, I think probably the right words are uh, that accessibility is encouraged more than it is now. 
Um, we have some concerns that it won't have enough heat. Um, we don't know that encouragement is enough. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops and it will, of course, be really important that um, people and organisations put in submissions um, when it goes to select committees. How much will things like digital processes be involved in, in, in the access legislation? Are they, is it going to cover that as well? Uh, my understanding is that it won't uh, go into specific detail about, um, you know, standards as such, um, that it's, it's a higher level thing. Um, so, like I say, it'll be interesting to see what comes out and when it goes through the select committee process, um, what, what there is for people to input on, but uh, my understanding is it won't have that level of detail. Because one of the things I'm becoming very aware of, I'm sure you are too, is that all these things like my COVID record and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, you require ID, and some of that ID is very difficult to provide, isn't it? Uh, yeah, certainly for some people who, um, you know, perhaps don't have a licence and or don't have a passport, uh, then all of those things get very, very difficult. Um, I mean, I think that that issue probably comes into a number of different processes, and often we highlight that in different forums. Um, and, uh, I mean, but it is general accessibility, isn't it? Yes, and finally, I guess, Prudence, can you tell me about what DPA is and what it does? Uh, so DPA is a pan-impairment disabled persons organisation. Um, we are a member of the DPO coalition. Um, to put it simply, we work on systemic change for the equity of disabled people. Hey, that's great. Thanks very much, Prudence. It's really good. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's DPA Chief Executive Prudence Walker ending this edition of No Labels. You've been in the company of Mike Gawley and for Thomas Bryan. Ka kite That programme was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.